Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ballet Bird is a streaming site designed by former Pacific Northwest Ballet principal dancer Julie Tobiason. Ballet Bird offers ballet classes for anyone at any level of training that you can do from the comfort of your home or studio. After many years performing as a professional ballerina and decades of teaching at all levels of ballet, Julie is excited to offer her training for more people like you. Classes are designed for large and small spaces and for all levels. The low monthly membership fee is less than one in-person class and is accessible 24-7 with new classes added every month. Ballet Bird is a great addition to your regular in-studio training as well. Take advantage of the 10-day free trial and use the discount code COD25 to get 25% off through June 30th, 2023 at BalletBird.com. Whether you are just starting your ballet journey today or you're a seasoned professional, BalletBird is the place for you. Visit BalletBird.com or click the link in the show notes. Dimensions Dance Theater of Miami is seeking dancers for their 2023-24 season. Join them for open auditions on April 23rd in Miami. All auditioning dancers must have professional experience as well as strong classical and contemporary technique. Male presenting dancers will be asked to demonstrate established partnering skills. Female presenting dancers will be asked to demonstrate proficient point work. Their 2023-24 season will include performances in Miami, Broward, Vero Beach, and additional touring. For more information, please visit dimensionsdancemia.com slash auditions or click the link in the show notes. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by principal dancer with American Ballet Theater, James Whiteside, to discuss his upcoming directorial debut film, Day Tripper. James catches us up to speed about his recovery from knee surgery, transforming his book Center Center into a play, and the creative concept and filming process for Day Tripper. You can stream Day Tripper as part of the All Arts Artist in Residence series this April 23rd at 10.55 p.m. on PBS, or stream the film on the All Arts app. Hi, James. Hi, Michael. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. 
right. So good to see you. It's good to see you both as well. I feel yeah. like I haven't seen you, Rebecca, in a hundred years. How how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, girl, you know, I'm just hustling. I'm selling my wares. <laughs> well, I'm happy to see that you're at ABT Studio. So that means that yeah. you're, I've seen you on Instagram, you're healing up. Well, how did your knee journey go? Fill us in on that a little bit. Oh, it's ongoing. It's it's probably going to be for the rest of my life in a way, um, unless, you know, I lose my leg at some point. <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's going really well. It is a slow, arduous journey, and I am doing anything and everything I can to remain positive and uh, active and getting stronger every week. But I have some really hard ballets to dance. I'm doing Giselle. I'm doing Swan Lake. I'm doing Romeo and Juliet. These are doozies for the males. So I'm out here going to the gym, doing my conditioning, personal training, class, rehearsal, you name it. Because um, my my knee doesn't work like it used to. It just doesn't work automatically. I have to to gain strength and, and just keep hustling. Right. So, I mean, pre- preparation for those ballets prior to this injury, it's not like you were just chilling, like taking a class and getting, you know, doing your rehearsals or going home. <laughs> so how much, how does that affect like how much extra stuff you have to do already? It's already a, a journey getting ready for those roles. Yeah. I mean, I've always already been doing the most, mm-hmm. the, I've always been the most extracurricular work I work really hard even though I'm a gay clown um and I think it's a different focus now it it's like a real long game because I know I'm not gonna feel amazing next month I do just all next month and I'm gonna feel okay and it's about accepting where I'm at and knowing it's part of the journey and having that sort of extreme perseverance that um that you have to have as a ballet dancer already and then you have to triple it when you have a essentially a career ending injury like this mm-hmm. yeah i wonder um have you dealt with n- not an injury like this before certainly right like nothing long term no no this is like i mean i've sprained an ankle here and there and i right. you know yeah. i've never had anything where i've required surgery i had a hernia once and, and i had surgery on that like one nutcracker season. I missed a nutcracker season and then I came back in yeah. the spring and I was ready to go. I just, um, so this is really different. I wonder how it's changed your perspective on your career and what it means to be on stage. I know for a lot of dancers when they're out, they miss it so much that coming back gives them like this different appreciation. So I wonder kind of like, as you're still going through this process, how has it changed your perspective? Well, it's difficult because I do really hard things. So I'm not going out there and doing a kickball change, double pirouette and a smile. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going out and doing like physically impossible things. So I'm waiting to really enjoy it again. Um, I'm grateful to be able to do what I can at the moment, but I'm just not, I don't feel amazing yet. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the journey as well. And I have to accept that, but it's really hard to, and some days it's incredibly frustrating, mm-hmm. but I do consistently feel better every month, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm sure that one thing that's really going to be a big 
um, boost for you in that journey is just the fact that you're going to be back on the Met stage for the first time in four years, right? 2019 was the last... Well, in a way. I did the opera. So I've okay. been doing a cake ball change double pirouette for the right. opera. <laughs> and, um, and But this will be my first Met season with ABT since 2019. Right. Which is wild. Yes. Right. So I'm like, do I know how to dance? Question mark. The answer is yes, I do. I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even put that together. That is kind of a nice way to like ease back in. You just did Traviata, which I saw you in. It was so, you were so fabulous. It was, it was pure camp and just like a total romp yeah. and delight. Um, Thanks. But did Thanks. that help? Did that kind of help you to, to feel like, okay, we're, fe- we're, we're filling it out? You know, we're doing the, the least <laughs> yeah i mean in terms of like <laughs> what the demands are you evil witch to, um, no, i mean no just like you didn't you're not doing albrecht's like know, 32 ceases yeah 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 no it was every opportunity for me to get on stage doing whatever right i can is beneficial to me um you know galas guest performances traviata the opera whatever if someone's going to ask me to do a show, it's wise that I right. do it right now because regaining that onstage confidence, which is honestly, it's not so much onstage confidence as like the belief that I can dance because when I'm on stage, I will sell you a bag of poop. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can sell it. I understand show business at this uh-huh. point, but it's about me feeling like a good dancer. And so every opportunity I have, I want to take. Yeah. Let's shift gears for a second. Um, last time we had you on the podcast, we were talking about your book, Center Center, and you were it was about to come out. Mm. You were a little bit nervous. You weren't sure what was going to happen. So fill us in. What has that been like releasing that baby out into the world? And, and what has the reception been like? My book is so crazy. <laughs> like, I am so grateful to Penguin for letting me do whatever the hell I wanted. And, you know, I was actually not as nervous as I think I should have been considering the subject matter and the content in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a slam piece book. It's not trying to, um, you know, kill ballet like a lot of books try to do. It's not an expose. It's literally like an incredibly chaotic, gay series of essays. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of having the sort of delusional self-confidence to put something out like that in, especially I'm in a field that is like, oops, heteronormative. Mm-hmm. And I just had the best time. And the the paperback came out um, a year after the, the hardback and people love it. And it makes me feel so good. And people still bring my book to the stage door and mm-hmm. have me sign them after performances and they say they loved it that everyone loves the story about my mom and and that makes me feel really good to sort of you know tell her story and what like the sort of effervescent light that she was mm-hmm. and uh yeah it, re- it resonates with people and it makes me feel really good right H- have you been writing at all since the publishing of the book Oh, honey. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> this is kind of exciting and it hasn't been announced yet, but whatever, I'm going to say it here. Um, I went to Florida to do a writer's retreat and I wrote uh, two versions of a play based on my book. And 
it was at the Hermitage Artist Retreat in Sarasota, I believe. I don't know. Florida's tough for me. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I wrote two versions and um, I was put in touch with a producer who used to work for Lincoln Center. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the versions is essentially being produced and I'll, I'll have my first sort of preview workshop performances at the Aspen Theater Festival this summer. And I think it's the first week of September and it's called Aspen Theater Solo Flights. And it's a festival that specializes in one person shows. And so I wrote a show that is, it's a funeral and I am eulogizing my dance career. So it's sort of foretelling my experience about what it's gonna feel like to have this huge part of my life essentially die. It's about death, letting go and moving on and remaining a whole person, even though something within you is gone. Well, when Michael and I see that, we're going to be crying. I can already tell that. <laughs> but I, yeah. mean, it's, I, I have a feeling it'll also be pretty darkly hysterical. That's also your brand, James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's complete nonsense. Yeah. So it's irreverent and disrespectful and wonderful and also at times, hopefully touching but there are musical numbers. It's a cabaret show. Essentially, it takes place in an 80s funeral parlor. Um, you know, I have dreams of of transforming coffins and, and all sorts of fun things. There's a tap number. You name it. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. So when might this be? Let's see what else. I, when might be? We, well, we the dream is for it to go to off-Broadway. Yeah, uh-huh. the dream is off-Broadway, but it has to be good. Otherwise, it'll die, you know? Yeah. So what is the process? Good dances have to be good. What will the process be like of the creation? So you've already written it. And then what's the next part of the process? Yeah. So I have, um, I have a director and a composer and a producer already attached to the project. I'm going to not name names yet because mm-hmm. we haven't done contracts or anything yet, but um, I'm rehearsing with them and doing like the script is pretty much done. And it will evolve of course, because nothing is set in stone. But yeah, it's it's going to be a work in progress, and even the first performances in Aspen, those will be those will be a work in progress as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Let's shift gears to yet another project you uh, have been working on. You just got it's all all the projects for James. Um, <laughs> so y- this is going to be your your first film, as far as I'm aware. It's called Day Tripper, and it's c- coming out on All Arts, which is a streaming platform dedicated to the arts. And it was commissioned for their Kate W. Cassidy Artist in Residence program. Can you tell us, uh, I guess, just first how you became connected with All Arts and like the early seed of this idea for the film? Yeah. So uh, I had never heard of this Artist in Residence program with all arts which i'm familiar with and uh the artistic director of all arts emailed me and said we think you'd be a great fit for this are are you interested and i mean it was wild it was basically like here's funding to make a film you have carte blanche make whatever the hell you want and then you know we'll talk and i was like okay this and it was i was very much injured when i got this offer and I was like, I want to make things. I like making things. I have to stay busy. And I get very depressed if I'm not doing things. So I said, yes, thank you for thinking of me. I would like to do this. Um, and then I submitted 
an outline of what I was thinking about doing, which all I wanted to do was make a very simple gay love story mm-hmm. uh, with heavily featuring dance. And it's a silent film. So there's dialogue, but it's all subtitled. So there's no audible speaking. And it's just sort of like it, it's set in the pines and fire Island and it's very pretty. And, you know, I just wanted to make a pretty gay love story, which is something that I'm dying to be a part of as a dancer and just haven't really had the opportunity to be. So yeah, that's the scoop. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So once you got this opportunity, how did you then start to, you know, you developed the idea, then what were the next steps? Finding the dancers, locations, that kind of bit. Well, I was well aware that I wouldn't be able to be in it myself because of, you know, my injury. So I thought it might be best to have, you know, two friends essentially do it. And um, I hosted the Fire Island Dance Festival this past summer. And I saw a dancer in Givney Dance Company who is a, a young guy named Jake Tribus. And he's an incredibly talented young dancer and I was like okay I want him to be in it and then I have a a very dear friend who's a principal dancer in Martha Graham Dance Company named Lloyd Knight and I thought Lloyd and Jake would be fabulous together and uh as far as like direct like the my co-director and the director of photography and stuff like that I had been contacted by a uh, a production company that wanted to do a documentary on my injury and recovery and they had come and filmed things at my surgeon and uh, at my physical therapist and at my home and with my boyfriend and done all this footage. But mm-hmm. then ABT would not give them permission to come in the building because it was still COVID. So uh-huh. we had all this great footage of this, which would have frankly been a fabulous documentary. Um, and we just got slammed by red tape at ABT. Mm -hmm. So they killed the project, sadly, and I'm still a little sore about that. But I loved the team very much. And so when I got uh, this residency, I thought I want to call in Common Films and see if they'll be willing to do this with me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is an arts project. Like, it is public television. It is public arts. So I'm not making a bajillion dollars here. Frankly, I didn't make a cent on this, but um, I, I don't know. It was a labor of love and they were into it. And so I'm really grateful to them because they're an amazing production company. And uh, they put me in touch with 
great talent and they were so organized and wonderful and I loved it. Mm -hmm. You obviously have a love for photography. You have like a whole separate Instagram featuring your photography, but had you ever been behind the camera in um, using film as a medium? Yeah. So I feel like I've been sort of preparing for things like this for my adult life. Um, When I was, gosh, what was my first music video? God, I have a, a sort of pop music alter ego named JB Dubs, and I produce and write and perform my own music. And so in 2010, I did a music video with the, uh, there's a, a film director who works with Boston Ballet on their promotional materials. His name is Ernie Galan. And I asked him if he would help me make a music video for a song I wrote. And we we did that. We shot it in my friend Leah's apartment. And then we did another one and we used the basement studio at Boston Ballet. And it was myself, my friend Brad and Lola. And it was a song I had written after seeing Dolly Parton's nine to five. And I just thought about workplace drama and all the hilarious things that happen in eighties workplaces. And I wrote a song called I hate my job. And we recorded the music video, which I choreographed. And, uh, you know, this was all, these are all my ideas basically that, that I'm asking people to help me execute. And that video like went early viral, if you will. Mm -hmm. It was like one of the first sort of YouTube viral hits. And uh, people still come up to me and say, like, I loved I Hate My Job so much, which is really <laughs> charming and silly. But yeah, I've, I've done a lot of things like that. I've produced a lot of dance films as well. Like, uh, and so while I haven't made a 30 minute film before, I have made plenty of other things that have prepared me and sort of given me an eye for what I want. Right. You've been working towards this moment. Uh, I had, I wanted to know a little bit more about, um, your casting process, and I guess the rehearsal process. So um, Jake, I love that you're using Jake. It's someone that I've only seen dance once, and it was kind of, I feel like, a similar experience to you. He just makes such a quick and strong impression. I was like, I need to see this dancer more immediately. Lloyd, we're very familiar with. We love Lloyd. Um, He's been on the podcast several times. But um, did you have to find a sense of if they would have like a personal chemistry? Did you spend time in the studio with them? Like how, how dance oriented is the, is the film? So the film takes place in the pines in fire Island. And it's a beautiful, if you've never seen the pines or been out there, it's an incredible uh, uh, community. There are no cars or anything. It's boardwalks everywhere. It's right on the ocean. It's essentially a little sandbar with a bunch of gays on it in the middle of the Atlantic. And um, so, you know, Casting wise, I I knew I wanted Lloyd because I adore his dancing and he's just so beautiful. I knew he would look incredible on camera. And then when I saw Jake in that performance at Fire Island Dance Festival, I was like, hey, I'm already in the pines and it's gay as hell. And I see this, you know, queer person on stage who's giving me like incredible talent and movement mm-hmm. quality while also being beautiful. It's like it was a no brainer, really. And so mm-hmm. I just. Um, I don't even remember how I contacted him. It was probably just like a DM or something. And I was like, can I talk to you about doing a project? Um, yeah. And then they both were like, yeah, let's do it. And it was 
a lot of, uh, my God, trying to get their rehearsal schedules to align was damn near impossible. So I made everything in my living room. And like, I have hilarious videos on my iPhone of me choreographing in my tidy whities you know, like <laughs> while I'm like injured. Uh-huh. Um, and trying to get like the Martha Graham and the Gibney schedules to align was really impossible. And so the film takes place in the pines yet there are these sort of uh, transition things that end up in a black box theater. So like uh, uh, a heated moment will sort of whoosh into this liminal space, which is a black box theater with stage lighting and what have you. And they do um, dances. There are, I think like six dance numbers throughout the, the 30 minute piece. And the rest of it is like narrative acting stuff. Right. Um, with lines, which is all, you know, it's a silent film. Mm-hmm. It sounds really confusing, but I promise it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. I, uh, can you tell us a bit about um, like the day-to-day filming process? Were they long days? How many yeah. takes were you doing of everything? That sort of thing. I'll start with the dance numbers. I'll start with the dance numbers. So we filmed the dance numbers over two days at uh, Manhattan Movement and Arts Center in their Black Box Theater. We had their lighting tech working with us. And um, those were really long, tiring days. And each dance, uh, you know, one dance is only like 40 seconds long. And then there are some that are seven minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they all range in musical styles as well. Like there's a Prince number in there. There's a Diana Ross song. There's... um, there's afternoon of a fawn, like it is all over the map. And since it's public arts television, I don't have to get sync licensing for or grand rights for these songs. Yes, which is incredible because wow. I would have to pay out the ass to use mm-hmm. the Prince song or a Diana Ross song, <laughs> and we just don't have that kind of money. Right. So I am so gagged that I get to use some of my favorite artists' music in a dance film like this Mm -hmm. is not something that we are allowed to do and you put something like you put prints up on youtube and they take that shit down faster than you can say weasel i don't know (laughs) it's i don't know why weasel but um yeah so i i loved that Mm -hmm. um that was an aside there but yeah the filming for the dances was really hard and you know making them do everything over and over again while we get different angles we could only afford to rent one really fierce camera. So it wasn't like, you know, a Disney special where they have like 19, you know, a hundred thousand dollar cameras, like just mm-hmm. posted up around the, the filming. Right. This is one camera. We had to do the dances over and over and over again. And wow. it was really hard. And I respect the dancer's dedication and time and effort. And for the pines, we had, two filming days out in the pines, which we, which were packed from dawn to dusk. Mm-hmm. Like we had dawn sunrise beach stuff. We had sunset, beautiful things going on here and there. I mean, out there listeners, I just watch the damn film please, because it's actually pretty good. <laughs> we really will definitely be watching and we know our listeners will too, but I also wonder, though you've done projects similar to this in the past, is there something from this experience that you'll take away and maybe use in other um, endeavors in the future? Yeah, absolutely. This was a an incredible learning experience for me. I had never 
played a director so wholly before. Mm -hmm. In other projects, I'm usually the one dancing in it. So I'm do I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, and I'll start the dance, you know, and someone will film it and we'll, that's great. And I'm, I've always been heavily involved in editing because you wouldn't believe how many people don't understand that dance has to go on the music and editing. <laughs> um, so I learned so much about the logistical side of producing as well. Kylie Juckert is my co-director, co-producer and talk about hot potato emails. Like we were constantly working out things and she has been like absolutely unbelievable and just getting things done. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the um, film will be premiering on April 23rd on the free all arts app and on their website. And so we just really hope that all of our listeners will go and watch it. It sounds so wonderful. Will you also tell us when um, our audience can find you on stage coming up soon? Yeah, yeah I, have a, I have a little story. I'm going to just interrupt real quick. Um, so the film actually premieres at 10.55 p.m. on April 23rd. Okay. And uh, can you guess why it's it's showing so late? Why? Because <laughs> it needs to be shown in a time slot called Safe Harbor. And Safe Harbor is for programs that are perhaps too suggestive or racy or controversial. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't think we made anything too sexy, but perhaps public TV does. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can so, yeah, interest even you know, more. I'll be <laughs> yeah. 10.55 on the dot. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, good times. All right. So I'm going to be back on stage next month in Nebraska, of all places. I'll be dancing Giselle with American Ballet Theater. And my Giselle will be Cassie Trenary. And then you can come see me in Swan Lake, Giselle and Romeo and Juliet this spring at the Metropolitan Opera House with ABT. And then after that, come see me at the Vail Dance Festival. Ooh, ooh. I have no idea what I'm dancing yet. But uh, will you all be there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I missed Yay. it both so much last year. I mean, I I did okay, but I really needed you. You guys are my anchors. So, um, I mean, uh, we're really good at this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be so excited to see you there for sure. Ah. Okay, thanks, thanks so much, James. And we hope all of our listeners um, go take a look at Date Fripper on April 23rd at 10.55 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be out on the uh, the app and on the website as well. So you will, you'll see it. Uh, thank you guys for always <laughs> supporting my work and um, just being wonderful art supporters. So much love to y'all. Thanks, Thanks, James. Bye, Queens. Conversations on Dance is a part of the Acast Creator Network. For more information, visit Conversations on Dance Pod, pod.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.